Heavenly Father, it is such a delight that we can gather as brothers and sisters in Christ before you, our Heavenly Father, and listen to you speak to us from your word. Lord, we pray that you may help us to uh, be attentive this morning as we listen, and we pray that we may not just listen to what you have to say, but we may put into practice your words. We may do what you command us to do, and that we may be more and more like your Son, Jesus Christ, as we put into practice uh, what you have commanded us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I think we all know that we can learn from the experience of others. As we observe someone, we can learn from that experience that they're having and then be able to adjust our own lives accordingly, particularly when someone else is being punished. Just the other week, I was driving on the freeway out to Campbelltown to visit uh, Jill's family, and I saw a police car had pulled over someone else on the road there. And, of course, I automatically start to slow down because I see someone being punished for speeding. Not that I was speeding at the time, and I just, I just automatically go, oh, and slow the whole vehicle down, and it's not probable that he would actually catch me if I was speeding, because of course he is otherwise occupied, uh, booking somebody else, but even just seeing someone else get in trouble makes me want to be a really good citizen as a result of seeing that uh, punishment that is being dealt out by uh, someone to someone else. And this morning I want to look at, once more, this experience that we can learn from the Israelites. As we've been looking through the book of Hebrews, uh, we've been understanding more and more that we can learn a lot from the Israelite experience, from what the Israelites had experienced, particularly their time in the desert. And so this morning I want us to learn from that Israelite experience once more as we look at verses 15 to 18 of Hebrews chapter 3 verses 15 to 18 of Hebrews chapter 3, which is found on page 1186 of the Black Church Bibles, and I encourage you to have it open before you as we look at it this morning. We've gotten to this point because, uh, basically, this letter has been written to people who were Christians, were previously Jews, but are now thinking of going back to Judaism and rejecting Jesus Christ, following Moses instead of following Jesus. And so, The author of Hebrews has been very careful in chapter 1 to lay out the superiority of uh, Jesus to the angels. And, of course, the angels were uh, superior to Moses because, of course, they gave the law to Moses. Uh, It was administered through angels to Moses. And so uh, the author of Hebrews wants to be very careful. You can't can't look to the law as a way of life because... Uh, Jesus is greater than angels. Don't think of going back there. And then he is, and so he did that in chapter one and parts of chapter two. And then in chapter three, we saw at the beginning, when we, I preached on this, uh, quite a while ago, that, uh, Jesus is superior to Moses for a number of reasons that are outlined in verses one through to five. And, uh, particularly that Jesus is greater in the house of God because, of course, he is not a servant, but he is the son of the house. And then, in the last couple of weeks, we've seen that uh, that God got angry with the Israelites. The Israelites were people who followed Moses, but he got angry with them because they rebelled in the desert. They were uh, hardened hearts. They, had, they, they grumbled in the desert, and of course, they uh, did not believe. And so uh, in the last couple of weeks, then we've seen uh, that we are meant to be people who believe. We're meant to be people who do not have unbelieving hearts, as it says in verse 12. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart. 
but instead we're meant to turn to the living God and encourage others daily. So I had a whole sermon on verse 13 about encouraging others to also make sure they believe. And then last week we looked at holding firmly to that faith. Uh, It's described as confidence in verse 14, but holding firmly to that faith that we had at first. If we want to go to the end, uh, if we want to share in Christ, we need to hold firmly to that faith that we once had. And this morning, I then want to look at the next couple of verses, which basically hammer it in again that we can learn from this Israelite experience and see that Jesus is far superior to Moses. These early Christians were thinking, I've got two options. I can either be a Christian or I can be a Jew. Who will I follow, Jesus or Moses? And as I suffer for being a Christian, I'm more inclined to go back to being a Jew who weren't suffering at that time. And so this morning, we can look at this Israelite experience and learn from it. And so my first main point this morning is I want to recap again the Israelite experience following Moses. The Israelite experience following Moses. If you've got a bulletin there, you can see my three main points this morning. And I want to look firstly at the Israelite experience of following Moses. What is that experience? Well, of course, the Israelites were at first blessed. They were blessed in many ways. How? Well, they heard God's voice, and that's what it says in verse 15. As has just been said, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. The Israelites heard God's voice. God spoke to Moses and spoke in a way he'd never spoken to people before. He wrote down his Ten Commandments. He gave them the law. He spoke to them and told them the way to live. And, of course, he also blessed them by not only speaking to them, but by doing great acts for them, and one great act in particular. What was that? Well, saving them from Egypt. Verse 16 of Hebrews chapter 3. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? The Israelites were greatly blessed. They not only heard God's voice, but he also redeemed them from slavery in Egypt. A terrible time they were having being forced to uh, construct, make bricks without straw. They had to find their own stubble and put those together. They were being greatly oppressed. They were having their uh, baby boys slaughtered. They had to throw them into the Nile. Uh, It was a disgraceful time that they were having there in Egypt. But God, in his mercy, showed them blessing by redeeming them from Egypt. But what else do we learn about these Israelites? They had great blessing, but what did they do? Well, the Israelites were unbelievers. In spite of the blessing that they had, we learn that the Israelites didn't believe in God. And that's summed up for us in verse 19. Verse 19, so we see that they were not able to enter, that's God's rest, because of their unbelief. This is the characteristic of the Israelites that is in great focus here in this uh, book of Hebrews, and particularly chapter 3, is the unbelief of these Israelites. And we see evidence of the unbelief in the way that they behave. How else are these Israelites described? What's their experience? Well, we see that they had hard hearts in verse 15. As has just been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. We see that they're rebels, verse 16. I mean, rebels, rebellion's even mentioned in verse 15, but it's mentioned again in verse 16. Who were they who heard and rebelled? They rebelled against God. They revolted against him. They said, we don't want him as our God. 
They rebelled against his leader, Moses. What else did they do? How else are they characterized? They're characterized as sinners. Verse 17, And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the desert? And to whom did God swear that they would not enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see these Israelites, they're unbelievers, and this unbelief is characterized by what? By hard hearts, by rebellion, by sin, by disobedience. This is the Israelite experience. Great blessing, but then how do they behave? With complete rejection of God, with unbelief. And what happens because of that unbelief? Well, the Israelites are punished. They experience God's anger. We see that in verse 17. And with whom was he angry, that is God, for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned and whose bodies fell in the desert? They were punished with God's anger and God's anger was shown by them staying in the desert until all of them died. They stayed there until their corpses fell in the desert. That's what it says in verse 17. Was it not with those who sinned and whose bodies fell in the desert? It's an interesting way of describing their death that their bodies were falling down. They, uh, this word in the Greek just means dead corpses, means dead people. They were dead people walking around in the desert until basically corpses did what they were supposed to do, and that is hit the ground and not get up. That is what happened to these Israelites. They were dead people walking in the desert, just living out their death sentence until they fell there in the desert. And so... What does that mean? If they fell in the desert, they never entered God's rest. It says in verse 18, And whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter enter his rest because of their unbelief. They never made it to the promised land, the place flowing with milk and honey. That would be a wonderful place to live where they had cities that they did not even build. They did not enter that rest because of their unbelief. And so we see from the Israelite experience here what happens when you don't believe in God. What happens when you don't believe that someone will punish you for what you've done wrong. And that's what you see on the highway when someone's being pulled over. That person is an unbeliever in speed limits. They're an unbeliever in the police force. They don't believe that they will get caught. If they believed that they would get caught, they would slow down. But instead, they're unbelievers. And when you... Believing in the unbelief in the police force is one thing. Unbelief in God is a whole other thing altogether. Because he is the all-powerful God. And he made sure that these Israelites were punished. And so we can learn from their experience. We can be like the Israelites and be and experience what they experienced. We can join them in not entering God's rest. And that's my second main point this morning. The Israelite experience can be your experience. How? Well, firstly, what was the first thing the Israelites experienced? They experienced blessing from God. Well, you are experiencing blessing from God right now. How? Well, what was one of the experiences that the Israelites experienced of blessing from God? was hearing God's voice. 
You are hearing God's voice right now. As you read this book, you are hearing God's voice. Today, you hear God's voice. And as I speak to you now, hopefully God is speaking through me and helping me to explain the word to you. And you're experiencing blessing right now that the living God is speaking to you right now. That is a great blessing from him. But he's also giving you blessings in that uh, he is protecting you from Satan in so many ways that you don't even know. Just as he redeemed these Israelites from Egypt, he has helped you uh, not be as depraved as you could be. He has kept you alive, whereas you really should have died uh, as soon as you were pretty much conceived because of your sin, the original sin that is in you. God has preserved you and blessed you again and again and again. So you're like the Israelites. But you can also be like the Israelites in the response to the blessing, to the response of hearing God's word. How? Well, you can be an unbeliever as well. You can not believe in God despite his blessings. And you can manifest those signs of unbelief that the Israelites manifested as well. What were those signs? Firstly, hardened hearts. You can have hard hearts like the Israelites. And the New Testament describes people having hard hearts when they're outside of Christ. He says, uh, Paul says in Ephesians 4, 17, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Hard hearts are not something peculiar to the Israelites. Hard hearts are right here, right now. They were there in the New Testament and they're here today as well. You can have a hard heart against God as well. You can certainly also rebel against God like these Israelites rebelled. You can also sin like the Israelites. What is sin? Well, John 3, 1 John 3, 4 tells us sin is lawlessness. It is breaking God's law. And let me tell you the truth. People break God's law today. People may not like the idea of sin, not like the word sin, and might think that there is no such thing as sin. But let me tell you the truth. Sin is alive and present today because God's law is still standing. And you can break God's law today just as the Israelites broke God's law in the past. Sin is still here and it can be part of your experience just like it was part of the Israelite experience. And you can be disobedient then, like the Israelites as well. And then, if you experience the blessing of God, as you all are, and then you choose not to believe, you can also experience the third thing that those Israelites experienced. And what was that? It was punishment. If you choose not to believe in God, you too can be punished like the Israelites. God's anger came upon the Israelites. We see it described there. God was angry with them for 40 years. God is angry today with those who reject him and do not believe in him. And he swears that people will not enter his rest if they reject him. If they do not follow him as their father and follow something else instead as a father, then they will not enter God's rest. Because if you aren't following God as the Father, who are you following? You're following Satan as your father. All other religions lead to Satan as the Father. And what happens to such people? Well, you die in a desert, and that desert is hell. 
you do not go into God's rest. Revelations 14.11 says, There is no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and his image. You do not rest day or night if you follow (coughs) Satan instead of God. And so you will be punished. And you will be punished despite any excuses you may have as to why you won't be punished. People come up with all kinds of excuses. When you get a policeman pulls over at the side of the road, I'm sure he hears all kinds of reasons why that person shouldn't be punished for sinning. And people do it all the time when you talk to them about their unbelief and one day that they will be punished. Some people think because they have favourable circumstances now that they can't be punished one day. That because they're experiencing such joy and happiness now that it's going to go on and on forever. Just like a child with its birthday party one day thinks that birthdays just keep coming around and the next day it's a bit of a rude shock when they wake up and it's not all about them anymore. We've moved on. Your birthday was yesterday. You have to wait another 364 days before it's your day again. It's a bit of a rude shock. And people think that they're having such a lovely time here on earth that one day it won't come to an end, that one day they won't be punished. But it does. One day it will come. And some people have the other excuse that, you know, they will hang on and they will beat death, that hopefully by the time they get to the 80s, you know, it'll be that medical advances have made such an advance that we'll have conquered death. And we will cheat it. We won't die anymore. Eventually, we will be immortal. I remember a neighbour that we um, had at Campbelltown and she came over for dinner and she told us she was in her 70s. She said, oh, I'm hanging on. You know, I, I'm not a, not a Christian. She, she found out quickly that we were Christian. She said, I'm not a Christian, um, yes, but I, I'm hanging on. I'm not going to die anytime soon. She was hanging on. She was clutching on to the life that she had. Well... You might think that you can hang on to your life, but eventually you will die. You're a dead person walking just like these Israelites were dead people walking. Corpses that are eventually going to fall to the ground. And the Bible describes us as that, that we are dead in our sins. In Ephesians 2, Paul makes that quite clear. We are dead in our sins. We are dead people walking around one day to die. And you can't make the excuse that you can hang on to your life. You can eat the right things. You can exercise the right way. And you will beat death. No, you won't. There will come a time when you will die. And you may think that there are too many people for God to send to such punishment. You know how the, we have this idea if, you know, if enough people break the law, then it's not breaking the law at all, that the law is not going to be enforced. We see that with, um, with things like uh, piracy, music piracy, and movie piracy, that if enough people download stuff off the internet, then it's not breaking the law because we're all doing it. And so God, if we're all breaking God's law and we're all sinners, he can't send us all to hell, surely not. Well, what do we learn from the Israelite experience? All of that generation died in the desert as punishment for their unbelief. It actually emphasises that in verse 16. Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? All of them. 
except for two. Who are those two? Joshua and Caleb. They made it into the promised land. But God was happy to send 600,000 people to death in the desert there. Don't think that he's not afraid to send many, many, many people to hell and that somehow you're going to get off because there were lots of sinners like you who died like you died. So we see that the Israelite experience can be your experience. You cannot believe and then be punished as well. Or you can choose to follow Christ. And that can be... The th- and that's my third main point this morning. The experience of following Jesus can be your experience instead of following Moses or following any other way that you had before. What's the Christian experience? Well, firstly, you're blessed. And I've said that this morning. You are already blessed. You're hearing God's word and God is very kind to you even now. But secondly, instead of responding in unbelief as the Israelites did and as so many people do today you respond in belief you believe God you believe his word you believe in his son's death for you and so you are a believer and you have the characteristics of a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ the opposite of the things that are said about the Israelites are said of you what did the Israelites have they had hard hearts Do Christians have hard hearts? No, their hearts have been changed. Ezekiel 36 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. You have a soft heart because you are a Christian. And instead of being a rebel against God and at war with God, You have peace with God instead. Romans 5 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, through belief, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We have peace with God. That is a description of the Christian. He's no longer a rebel against God. He is one who has peace with God. How? Through faith, the Apostle Paul says. And then, instead of being sinners... We're described as being holy if you're a Christian. 1 Corinthians 6, 11 says, And that's what some of you were, and he's just given a whole catalogue of other sins, but you were washed, you were sanctified. The word sanctified means holy. You are being made holy. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit. You are holy instead of being unholy as these Israelites are described. And instead of being disobedient, you become obedient You start to obey God. And Paul talks about us doing that in 2 Corinthians 10. He says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We become obedient to Christ rather than disobedient to Christ. And we also are described as not being punished, as God would punish us for being unbelievers. We come to understand that instead of dying in a desert, the desert of hell, we instead enter into God's rest and are blessed there. God rewards us instead of punishes us and gives us eternal life. And 1 Thessalonians 5 tells us that, for God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, you don't experience God's wrath, 
as a Christian, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. We don't experience God's wrath anymore. Instead, we experience his reward and eternal life instead. That is what it is to follow Christ. And it means to be blessed by God in hearing his voice, but then to believe in him and experience so many blessings from him. Experience the blessing of not having a hard heart, of having a heart of flesh, of being at peace with God, being holy, being obedient, and having eternal life. And if you're not a Christian and you're here now, I encourage you to believe in Christ today. Don't you want to have a soft heart? Don't you want to be holy instead of unholy? Don't you want to be obedient instead of disobedient? Don't you want to be sinless through the washing of Jesus' blood instead of sinful? Don't you want eternal reward instead of eternal punishment? If you're not a Christian and you're here this morning, I encourage you, believe in God now as you hear his voice. And do not delay. Don't be an unbeliever and believe that somehow you can get away with being an unbeliever and cheat death. You can't. And if you're a Christian and you're here this morning, learn from this Israelite experience and remember that your former way of life that may seem attractive is an unattractive way altogether. That's what these early Christians were thinking. They were experiencing suffering for being Christians. And so they were thinking of going back to Moses. But the author of Hebrews says, Moses doesn't get you anywhere. Where does Moses get you? He gets you death in the desert. You've got to follow Jesus Christ. That is the way to go. He is superior. And so if you ever have that little voice in your head saying, why are you a Christian? Wouldn't it be better to be what you were before? then you've got to remind yourself of what the Israelites experienced and cling on to that faith that you have. Believe in Jesus Christ, that he paid for all your sins and trust him. We must hold on to that faith because faith is what, unbelief and not having faith is what keeps you out of heaven. So many people think that because there is such a murderer or there are a great thief or they're a great adulterer, that they won't go to heaven. There are murderers in heaven. There are thieves in heaven. There are adulterers in heaven. What keeps people out of heaven? Unbelief. Unbelief keeps you out of heaven. Faith is the central issue. If you do not have faith, then you won't go to that eternal rest. And so if you're a Christian and thinking of giving up on Jesus Christ... Look at the alternatives. The alternatives are very, very bad. And so cling to the faith that you have in Christ. Let us speak with our God now. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that we can learn from the experience of others. We can learn from the Israelite experience and see the blessing that they had, but then the unbelief that they also had and how they were punished for it. Lord, we pray that we may not be like them, as so many people around us, and it grieves us to see them like that, where they're experiencing your blessing day by day, but instead of putting their trust in you, they reject you, and one day will be punished. 
Lord, we pray that we may not be like them, but we may experience your blessing, but then trust you and trust in your son's death for us and so go into eternal life instead of into eternal damnation. Lord, we pray for anyone who may be even here this morning who has not trusted in Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that you may make clear to them what their rebellion is doing, what their unbelief is doing to them and where they're headed. And we pray that they may trust in you this morning. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.